0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, non-stop Viking talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in, everyone, to Purple Daily. I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat in the house. We've got Declan Goff here. And Thursdays on this show are going to be for pecking orders. If you're not familiar with pecking order, it's just rankings. We just rank random things for years on Mackie and Judd. And we're going to apply this to Purple Daily. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, scorenorth.com, or I should say youtube.com slash scorenorth. Thank you for the subscriptions. Thank you for the positive reviews on this podcast, on Apple, or wherever you listen. And we are going to do random Vikings rankings on Thursdays as much as we can going forward here. And this one is inspired today, gentlemen, by an emailer, Vikings fan, Lance C. All right. Okay. I'm going to read you part of his email here, and then we will go into our pecking order. So he writes, I'm not sure I understand why people's perception of Kirk Cousins primarily ranges between choker and he's he's all right. Here's the first five seasons. Kirk Cousins in the NFL is a full time starter, averaging 4,200 yards, 27 touchdowns and nearly 70 percent completions, usually with around 10 interceptions. Last year was only six. If Cousins plays another five years with the Vikings, averaging those same numbers, he will have the same number of yards as Fran Tarkenton in his career and around the same number of touchdowns as Fran Tarkenton as well, plus a much higher completion percentage, near 70%, than Fran's, which was around 56-58%. If we've got a guy who is clearly headed to putting up Tarkenton-like career numbers, or routinely putting up numbers similar to Brett Favre's 2009 season statistically, how is this not the guy we try to ride to a championship? As long as Cousins is healthy and on the roster, there's every reason to believe that we're in the midst of the greatest stretch of quarterback play in Vikings history. Therefore, in my estimation, the championship window is wide open, and it's up to the rest of the roster and the coaching staff to complement a championship-caliber quarterback. Our pecking order is going to be best Vikings quarterbacks in history. All right. And Judd has a series on this on scorenorth.com. If you literally search on Google top five quarterbacks, Vikings history, Judd did a dive into this earlier in the spring. Yes. Before with, we get into our rankings, yep. you just your initial thoughts on Lance's email.
1: Um, Well, to be clear, the list I did was off voting that I did at the time. Matthew Collar did Patrick Gracie and you yep. Phil. So it was accumulation of points that I totaled up. So, it didn't necessarily come out to the exact same as my list, but but you're right. You could find that at scorenorth.com. Just go on Google and search it. Um, my thoughts are that's a really well written, articulate piece, but the problem the fundamental problem starts with trying to compare quarterback statistics from different eras. It's tough. It's very difficult. So what Tarkington did was it was a different sport, basically. Go back and watch those games, go back and and look at how the game was approached um, in Tarkington's time. He was here from 61 to 66. He was traded to the Giants and spent 67, I think to 70 in New York, and then came back here and completed his career in 1978. But even in 1978, Phil, the game was completely different. So I see what he is saying in his email, and some of the points are good points. But I think to cross over and just fundamentally say, well, if Tarkington, if he's doing what Tarkington did statistically, the game now is basically geared for quarterbacks to succeed right. because they're the sexiest position. And I appreciate that and I get that. Uh But to, uh, trying to draw comps to
0: the 60s or 70s and now is damn near impossible because the game's changed so much. If you go back just to do a comparison, 2019 quarterback stats versus 1966, which is Fran Tarkenton's emerging into his prime in the mid 1960s, right? just pulled a random year. Only one quarterback in the NFL in 1966 threw for 3,000 yards or more, and that was Sonny Jurgensen for the Washington Redskins. So one quarterback threw for 3,000 yards. Now they did play fewer games; they only played a 14 game schedule versus 16. So you have to factor that into. But last year in 2019. Twenty-five quarterbacks yeah. threw for at least three thousand yards. So, in terms of like comparing yardage across eras, right. there were fewer games. There were fewer passes being thrown. It was a much slower-paced, run-centric uh, driven league. On the passer rating side, in nineteen sixty-six, Bart Starr actually put up a ridiculous. He had a one hundred and five passer rating, which is rare for that time. Only three other quarterbacks had passer ratings over eighty. Yeah, eighty. Yeah. in nineteen sixty-six. Absolutely. Last year in the NFL, let me scroll down here. Thirty quarterbacks had passer ratings over eighty. All due respect to Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton for mm-hmm. coming just short of an eighty passer rating last. So it's really hard to compare. Forty the, years ago,
1: and look at, at the uh, the career or a given season, the statistics
0: of Joe Namath, of Terry Bradshaw, yeah, uh, of. Roger Staubach. It's just a different world. Bradshaw, by the way, and Namath mostly garbage statistics throughout their career, but Super Bowl champions and and they were and they were
1: and their garbage statistics. If you look at them now, but back then you didn't consider them garbage uh, stats because here is the perfect example of of then compared uh, to now, and I I'll use baseball. Um, back then in baseball, if you struck out a lot, you, you were basically looked at as Guy can't make contact. He's striking out way too much. Now, 2020, you strike out. Hey, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back then, if you threw a ton of picks, it was like, oh, yeah, because he's a gambler. He's taking chances. He's got to. Now, it's like, oh, my God. He threw X. The amount of picks that Jameis Winston threw in 2019, which was what? 20? 30, 30. 30. Oh, okay. Yeah. By today's standards is an embarrassment. Yeah. It costs you your job. It makes you a bust. Back then, it's like, okay, that's too bad, but he's coming back next year. So it's really hard to um, cross eras and make comparisons and and talk about Tarkington and Cousins in the same sentence because they are largely playing a different game, and the rules now protect the quarterbacks. Yes. Um, The rules now protect the receivers. And in 1965, guess what? You could tee off on a quarterback or receiver. For the most part, they didn't give a damn. Yeah,
0: I mean, there was just for your baseball com- comparison too. There was a year in baseball, 1961 or whatever, that Carly Ostromsky was the only hitter to hit 300. The dead ball era. The mound was a little bit higher, and late pitchers 60s, were throwing right. right? Yep. Late 60s, yep. whatever it was. And so, like, if you're saying, well, you know, so and so hit 300 in this era versus this era. Well, okay. Well, how how wh- how good were you relative to that era and competition? Correct. Which is where. And, and and I think you're going to find, like, we'll give these rankings here. Like, I, despite all of these things, I am still high on Kirk Cousins on this list. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you start? Football. Okay. So you th- did five. Yes. I did ten. Pecking order of best quarterbacks in Vikings history. So just
1: to go back to when... um the, the pandemic started, and I did originally then a list for Score North that, as I said, it was Mackey, it was Judd, it was Collar, and Roycey voted, and we got a top five. The top five back then was Tarkington 1, Culpepper 2, um, I believe it was Favre 3, Tommy Kramer was 4, and Warren Moon was 5, okay? Mm-hmm. For the purposes of this exercise, I will keep it at 5, And for the purposes of what we're doing and hearing the case for Kirk, which is, you know, he's good statistically. He really is. And do I think he can lead this team to a championship? No. Do I think he's a bust of a quarterback? Absolutely not. That's not fair. Um, I will put Kirk Cousins 5. I'll put Kirk Cousins 5. I will put Tommy Kramer 4. And I know his stats aren't great, but I saw him play quite a bit. He was, at that time, a very good quarterback, mm-hmm. a first-round draft pick. You could certainly debate it. And and Kramer, when the uh, Score North list was put out by us, Phil, Kramer was the lightning rod because there were a lot of people saying, how can Tommy Kramer be on this list in the top five? Mm-hmm. There were, conversely, a lot of old-timers like my age saying, Kramer's five? Kramer should be two, no question. So I'm putting Kramer four because I think that's fair. It's debatable, but at least, at least it's fair. Tommy Kramer should not be two. You can argue it, but you're doing so from a standpoint, I I think, then of I remember Tommy Kramer. Uh, Number three, one good year, one not-so-good year, but I'm sorry, Brett Favre. And to me, what Brett Favre does at number three on this list is it just drives home the point, again, of a team that's been around since 1961 that has had so few really impact quarterbacks. And Brett Favre in 2009— was a definite MVP candidate, had an off-the-charts year. And yes, I know to this day there are some with the Vikings who hate the fact that he played for this team, but the reality is it's a reminder of how few great quarterbacks this franchise has truly had.
0: We were the nerdy high school kid that stumbled into the prom queen for one night, baby. One night. We came from the doldrums of T-Jack and Gus Farratt Kelly and our Holcomb. guy Brooks Bollinger and Kelly Holcomb. And, how many... and all of a sudden, the prom queen's like, you know what? I'm going to take you to the dance. That was Brett Favre in Oh,
1: I think it was way more than the dance. <laughs> 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 I think it was back to the room. It was oh, definitely man. back to the room. But I mean, how, back how many, in Vikings history, how many Greg Lewis games do we have? Like, there are a few. I'm mm-hmm. not saying th- there are none. But how many Greg Lewis, oh my God, did yeah. he just do that? And we all went from thinking, okay, he's a 40 year old quarterback and he's going to be, he's going to do a really good job of, if you guys recall, managing the game to, holy bleep, he still got it. And that's a cannon for an arm. And that season took off to the point of I put him three. You can debate it, but I do it. Number two, I think it's pretty clear cut. Dante Culpepper, first round draft pick, 1999, had franchise quarterback abilities, you know, 2004 MVP type year and I think he might have been the MVP of the league if uh, Peyton Manning hadn't had such a great year that year himself got hurt in 2005 and that was pretty much the end of Dante's career but I don't think that there I don't think you can say the Vikings missed on that pick I think it was a very good pick and Dante Culpepper in what was a a um, quarterback heavy first round that year gave you some really good years and some really good production and played the game in, in a style that certainly has been uh, developed since then, but Denny Green saw something there, and he was not wrong. And so I put, for his time starting for this team, I put Dante Culpepper, yeah, too. he was a force. And then, you know, there are some who will debate this. There are a lot, I think, who won't, and it's very wise. Frant Arkington. Fran Arkington started for this franchise from 61 to 66, gets traded to the Giants, comes back here. Uh, 72, I, do, I think it was, and plays... For the Vikings through 78, and in that time leads them to three Super Bowls. Yes, they lost all three games, but I don't think that there's a big debate here. I think Fran Tarkington is easily one A, B, and C probably on the list of greatest Viking quarterbacks of all time.
0: Yep. So our lists are actually very different. They're very different. I mean, they're sim- similar in certain spots because how can they not be? But so I rank 10 of them greatest quarterbacks in Vikings history. And and I I just want to go back to emailer Lance brings up some great points. If Kirk Cousins continues to play this way and wins a big playoff game, you know, every year or two, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone expects Tom Brady success from him. Mm -hmm. If he does play this way through another five or six years, like Kirk Cousins is going to be pretty damn high on this list. And the Vikings are going to have a chance to maybe do something beyond just getting to the playoffs. But my uh, my honorable mention before I even get into the 10 is Teddy Bridgewater. He didn't make my 10, but Teddy Bridgewater is the honorable mention and, and sort of the what could have been example on this list. And I just want to point out that my two pieces of criteria are peak greatness and longevity. And I put peak greatness ahead of longevity when I consider where you should fall on this list. <laughs> which, is why okay? Brett,
1: which is why Brett Favre is number one in your list. Like,
0: were you were you considered... <laughs> Among the best, next to your peers, when you played, even whether whether it was for five minutes or ten years, like that matters more to me than how long you played for the Vikings. All right. So, number ten on my list is Case Keenum. Case Keenum had one of the more memorable quarterback seasons in Vikings history, Mm -hmm. and uh, and is partially responsible for one of the greatest plays in Vikings history. I would argue that there's three people responsible. There's Case Keenum for just throwing a pass. There's Stefan Diggs for making a catch and then not going out of bounds instead of running for the end zone. Then there's that idiot safety for the Saints that just didn't play defense the way he should have on that play. But that's fair. But Case Keenum's 10 on my list. Gotcha. I've got Wade Wilson, number nine, mostly for longevity. He was a Vikings quarterback for like 10 years and had some good games. Mm -hmm. So his longevity puts him on this list at nine. Brad Johnson for mostly longevity and a couple of bright spots at number eight. Warren Moon is seventh on my list. He had one really good season with the Vikings in, like, 1995, Mm -hmm. and then a couple decent seasons. The Vikings won more games, than they lost during that period. And uh, it would have been interesting to see Warren Moon in, like, the two or three years before he came to the— if he would have been a Vikings quarterback a little bit younger, right? I got Tommy Kramer outside my five. Even after thinking on this for a month and a half, the last time we did these rankings— Uh, for ScoreNorth.com, Tommy Kramer to me was like longevity more than more than peak level of greatness and at no point in his career outside of maybe his one big year was he ever regarded as one of the top five or six guys in the NFL he was a good quarterback for like 10 years he's got a couple of playoff wins but you know his play even like his playoff performances he played in six playoff games three touchdowns seven picks Yes, yeah, no, 56.7 50. rate. Like, you know. He was speaking. The raw stats are not his friend. And, and that factors in for me. Yeah. And I didn't see him play early. The stats are not really, going
1: so. to be his friend.
0: So he's number six. Yep. Number five is Kirk Cousins. Yep. And I wouldn't have put Kirk Cousins ahead of Tommy Kramer if not for the second half of the Saints playoff game last year. I am giving Kirk Cousins elevated status. for mo- yeah. He moved a step forward in the playoffs last year. You weren't at the year.
1: Met in December of 80 when I Ahmad not. caught the
0: Hail Mary pass at the two to beat the Browns and give the Vikings the NFC Central title. Can I say hot take alert? Maybe save this for Wednesdays. Kirk Cousins deserves more credit for his dagger pass against the Saints than Tommy Kramer does Ooh. for his pass Bouts. in yeah. 1980. Yeah, okay, youngster. Just a pinpoint yeah. perfect you know pass to Adam Thielen. The it Rame wasn't a lucky... Youngster. i <laughs> tell you that right now. So the only thing about Cousins and this is why he's not just a Put a wrap on Lance's email. Why he's not on Fran Tarkenton's level for a bunch of different reasons, longevity yep. included. In Kirk Cousins' five years as a starting quarterback in the NFL, at no point would you consider him like one of the five guys in the league, right? It's it, in his five years, it's been Brady, Wilson, Mahomes, yep. Rogers, Breeze. Even now, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson are in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, could he be at some point? He's got to keep. He's got to keep winning big games and playing well. Number four. Randall Cunningham. Again, peak greatness. 1998 was one of the great quarterback seasons of the 90s. Thanks in part to Randy Moss, but 1998 Randall Cunningham is on my list. Thanks largely to Moss, but he did have a great year. It was great. So he had a great great. year. Number three is Dante Culpepper. Dante Dante was a near MVP in 2004, if not for Peyton Manning breaking the touchdown record at the time. And one of the great running quarterbacks of all time for three or four years. And Dante also played in an NFC championship game, so Dante's number three. I know who's two. Brett Favre is number two (laughs) on my list. You could argue that nineteen that two thousand nine was the greatest quarterback season in Vikings history. You could make that case. Just statistically You know, memorably, the intangibles he
1: brought. No, I know.
0: That's what that's my point in sticking him third. Yes, he doesn't have one unbelievable season. He doesn't have Tommy Kramer longevity or even Wade Wilson longevity. But in 2009, Brett Favre was regarded as the man in the NFL. And so (laughs) he's number two on my list. And Fran Tarkenton's number one, uh, widely regarded as a top five quarterback in his era. I think at at any given time between, like, the early 60s and mid-70s, it was Tarkenton, not in this order, but Tarkenton, Staubach, Unitas, Bart Starr, um, Len Dawson. Lenny Dawson smoking a halftime. Terry Bradshaw, Joe Namath are going to be on that list, too, but statistically, Fran Tarkenton was much better than those guys were. I think Fran Tarkenton was a top-five quarterback of his era. First guy to scramble, too. Absolutely. Now, now,
1: so here's my—here's why I tend— to agree with you on Favre, Football. who you have a 2 and I have a 3, and I'll debate you a little bit more on Cunningham being 4 on your list, is because of this question. If you take Brett Favre off the 2009 Vikings, there's no doubt in my mind it's a good team, it's not a great team. Like
0: yep. It doesn't get as far. They do not they get to the NFC championship They don't championship get again. there. Uh, the San Francisco game is lost for sure. Actually, let's do the apples to apples. If you were to replace 2009 Brett Favre with 1998 Brad Johnson... How far do they go? They don't go to the NFC championship. I think they're yet. a playoff team. I think they're a nice team. Yep. They win like ten games. But they
1: are not but they are not a team that you think could win the Super Bowl going into the playoffs. And the two thousand nine Vikings, without a doubt, and they had the first round by, were a team that you felt could win a Super Bowl. Um, if you take Randall Cunningham off the ninety eight Vikings and Brad Johnson, let's say for the sake of the conversation, never gets hurt. I think the team is equally as good. And so that's my that's where I that's where I will fight on Favre and say he deserves every ounce of credit he gets. Cunningham had a great year and, and developed a really good chemistry with Moss, but Moss and that offense was so dynamic that I do think Brad Johnson could have had
0: great success. Though. Yeah. So and I think Cunningham was a step up for that year over Johnson, but we'll never know. It's hard to prove. But farv, I'm
1: sticking to this list. You put, you take a quarterback, and and you know not Tavares or Sage, but let's say they had gotten a different quarterback who was who was better and had been a starter. I still think I still think they're a good team, but I do not think they're anywhere near. What Brett Favre took that team to, yeah. he was incredible.
0: So to bring it all full circle, emailer Lance, thank you for the inspiration here. Kirk Cousins has a lot of work to do to get on how Fran Tarkenton's work? level. So, so in I think, your I think world, it, how much work? Go to some Super Bowls, right? Yeah. Like, go to some Super Bowls. Be re- if you win a Super Bowl at some point, all right, we'll talk. But go to some Super Bowls like Fran Tarkenton did, and at some point be regarded as a top five quarterback during your era, even if it's for a shorter amount of time. But like. Unless he goes to Super Bowls or wins a Super Bowl and or becomes a top consensus five top five quarterback. Yep. So now now if he's not a top five quarterback, but the team is there and they win the Super Bowl, yep. now we can have a discussion. Now he moves above Brett Favre. Now he moves above Dante Cunningham or Dante Cunningham. He's probably above that guy. <laughs> Old Timberwolves forward. Uh Dante Culpepper. Griffin Pelicans. Um and he moves above Randall Cunningham on my list. What are the most in
1: in your mind being a stats guy? What are the m- what are the stats that fool us the most as far as trying to make comparisons? Because I do believe quarter—I do believe—no, no. but I'm saying you know in all sports today, like NBA, three-point shooting stats, if you go back and look at 1985 or something, it fools you completely mm-hmm. because the game was a different game. In my mind, quarterback statistics rank up there as far as the stats that if you just mm-hmm. look at raw stats and don't go back and watch games— fool you completely because the game itself has been shifted so drastically.
0: Strikeouts in baseball, you're gonna see 100%. mediocre pitch like Kyle Gibson's gonna have more strikeouts in his career at the end of the day Good than one. like yep. Hall of Fame pitchers from the early part of the nineteen hundreds. Good one. Yeah. You know, like uh Cy Young is regarded as one of the greatest pitchers of all time from the early nineteen hundreds, and he's the strikeout king and the strikeout machine. Well he wasn't striking out eleven batters, fourteen batters per nine like Garrett Cole is you know Walter Johnson the, the big listen, man, train the like big that train, guy was
1: striking out nobody oh come on mike stanton be no <laughs> no no competition for the big train but there are a handful at least of stats that if you try and do
0: era to era comparisons just fall completely flat because yeah. the game the games have changed so much yeah so those are our rankings that's our pecking order here On Purple Daily, Phil Mackie, Tommy Kramer, get him in your top five. People love Kramer. Poor Tommy Kramer. One of my favorites. Uh, You can help the show by giving us a five-star rating on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and also by subscribing to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash score north for watching on YouTube. Thank you. Hit that subscribe button and help us out pumping out this Daily Vikings content for you all. Thank you. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact.